Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. the return of Matt Kenseth to the Cup Series competition at Kansas. I don't really have any expectations for this weekend. My hope is that it goes smooth on Friday and uh, all this stuff kind of kind of fits and you get comfortable fast and, and you get to work on the car and get it driving good. So there's very little practice. So I'm just hoping uh, I'm hoping Friday goes smooth. And if that goes smooth, then, then hopefully it'll be okay Saturday. Big show for you today. Welcome into NASCAR America. Carol Lamano and Hall of Famer Dale Jarrett with you as we get right to the news of the day. NASCAR has delivered multiple level one penalties for violations from last weekend's racing at Dover. Let's show you what we're talking about. In the Monster Energy Cup Series, three teams were hit. The 14 team of Clint Boyer, the 19 team of Daniel Suarez, and the three team of Austin Dillon. Boyer and Suarez's teams both had rear window violations and received identical punishments, a loss of 20 points, a two-race suspension for their car chiefs, and a $50,000 fine for their crew chiefs. Dylan's team had a splitter violation. Their car chief will be suspended for one race. However, they did not lose any points. So here are those three major level one penalties in cup, and another was delivered in the Xfinity series for last week's winner, Justin Allgaier. His win at Dover has been stripped of playoff eligibility after his car was found with a rear suspension violation. In addition, his team has been docked 25 points, and crew chief Jason Burdett has been suspended for two races as well. We'll get to that in a minute. But going back to the Cup Series, in regards to the playoffs, today's penalties did not severely impact Clint Boyer or Austin Dillon. They've already won. They've virtually secured their spots. But Daniel Suarez's penalty has pushed him further from the cut line as he is now 27 points behind Chase Elliott in that 16th and oh-so-valuable final playoff position. Our crew chief, Steve Letarte, joins us now on the phone so we can get in into this a little bit. Steve, let's start with Boyer's penalty. This is the third time that we have seen this particular rear window violation. Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott, their teams have also been penalized for this. Why are we seeing this? Uh, well, Carolyn, you know, when it comes down to rules, there's a very thick rule book, but it seems like the sensitive area in all these cars now have been aerodynamics, and that's really what all these guys are facing. You know, as NASCAR has reduced the amount of downforce on these cars with smaller rear spoilers, splitter adjustments, and things like that, that makes downforce even more and more valuable. And from everything you hear in the garage here, if you want to go faster, you need to find more downforce. That's where they feel uh, the cars that are winning have an advantage, and that's where the teams are searching. And I think what you're seeing is the teams playing right on the edge of legality, and when these races fail – bend, flex, or come disconnected, all of that's good for speed, and, but NASCAR knows to look for it, and they're continuing to find issues. 
You know, DJ, we've mentioned that Chase Elliott was one of the teams that was penalized for having this particular violation. Mm -hmm. They've been penalized with L1 penalties twice already this right. year, and you can look no further than the standings to see how difficult that can be to come back from. And now you have Daniel Suarez in a very tough position behind Chase Elliott. Can he come back from a violation of this type? Well, the good thing is it's happened early enough that, yes, he can. They, you know, this team's been on an upswing, uh, some good finishes lately. They can continue that. But if this is an area they've been working in, and that's been helping them to get these good runs. Where do they go now to try to get this car good enough for Daniel Suarez to finish up inside the top ten and top five runs as he has been? So that'll be the question is, because they're going to Kansas, a very fast racetrack, so where, what area do you work in now just as Steve's talking about? You know, Steve, we see the car chiefs really being targeted in suspensions of this magnitude. Explain how impactful a car chief suspension can be. Well, Carolyn, I think to understand how NASCAR got to the car chief, you need to look back at history. Myself, for instance, there was an issue in 2007 where I was suspended. I wasn't allowed to go to the racetrack, but a crew chief can do most of his leadership and direction through technology, through chat, email, messaging. So NASCAR had to find another way to perhaps give a little bit more teeth to the penalties. The car chief was the next step. The car chief, his role is very hands-on. He's in the garage making sure the car is prepared. He's actually physically pushing the car through inspection. He is actually, other than the driver, probably the most difficult person to replace on the team, and that's why NASCAR has gone to that position, and that's why that suspension has become so painful for the race team. They say, hey, we'll leave the crew chiefs at the racetrack. We know leaving you at home didn't make a big difference. We're going to start taking the hands-on crew members, and as DJ knows, these guys that travel week in and week out, they know the details of these very compacted schedules, and their experience really pays off over a quick three-day weekend. It almost sounds like a head coach versus a coordinator or yes. something like that. You know, you could apply it to any sport, a coach mm -hmm. that's really seriously involved in the day-to-day -day process. Steve, before we let you go, we mentioned Austin Dillon and the splitter violation. How much warning have teams gotten about this particular violation, and what stands out to you about this? Carolyn, this, this violation really surprised me. This is a rule change that's gone a little under the radar all year long, but NASCAR has said starting in 2018, there'll be no more playing with the front splitters. They'll be flat, which should be very easy to inspect. Flat is flat. Put a straight edge on it. Not only have the team struggled with this, but last week in a, in a, a monthly conference call, NASCAR touched on this again with all of the teams in their competition updates saying, this is an area that we feel is starting to get a little out of hand. We expect flat. For that reason, they asked every race car to go through inspection pre-practice in Dover, everyone made it through, didn't have a problem when it was time to come back through for qualifying. The three had multiple attempts that couldn't seem to get the problem rectified. NASCAR took the splitter. It was not in, in the form that they wanted. And that penalty, I think, is a pretty slam dunk penalty in my mind. That This is something that NASCAR kind of warned them about. So while the rear window stuff didn't shock me a whole lot, the front splitter penalty really did. I was surprised to see a team working in that area. All right, Steve, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. Um, DJ, just want, yeah, no, no worries. Just wanted to follow up on Justin Allgaier and what we mentioned earlier about this penalty potentially having important playoff implications, and yet the dash for cash bonus, as you pointed out, is still retained by Allgaier and wanted to get your reaction to that. Uh, my reaction is I don't understand how you can still get a $100,000 bonus if you're not really getting credit for the win. Yes, if we look beside Justin Allgaier's name in the record books for years to come, it's going to show that he won this race. But if it can't 
count towards the playoffs and you don't get the bonus points for that. How do you let them receive a $100,000 check when there were only Xfinity drivers in there and allowed to compete for this $100,000? So I, I think that should have been taken away too. And, and, and I understand and I know the team has come back and said that they believe this all happened with the, the contact there on the very last lap, last corner of the last lap between he and his teammate Elliot Sadler. Yeah, that's a good thing to say, and it very well could be. Don't know that. The fact is they were caught with this, and I just believe that that bonus money should have been taken away as part of that also. But, uh, you know, these are all difficult things, and this is a race team that's very good. They'll come back and win a race, but you hate to see that happen to them here. All right, more on the Xfinity Series coming up in the show. It has been quite the fallout from yes. Dover so far on the show. Up next, we are going to take a look at the action from the Monster Mile, though we're going to hear exactly what Ryan Newman was so angry about throughout the race. Scan all Dover coming your way next. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Welcome back. If you need DJ tomorrow, just look for any television nearby. The best field in golf returning to TPC Sawgrass and its world-famous Island Green at 17 to battle for their championship. The players Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern on Golf Channel. Saturday, 2 Eastern on NBC. I know you'll be right in front of the TV today. Absolutely. How about some of the groupings for Thursday, by the way? You got Jordan Speed, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy teeing off together in the morning. And then in the afternoon, the only trio that might attract more fans, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, and Ricky Fowler. Plenty of star power at the players. Make sure you're with us for that. Hopefully the weather will be nicer than it was last Sunday at Dover. But Kevin Harvick did not let a little rain delay get in the way of his fourth cup win of the season. Let's listen back to all the radios as we scan all Dover. Cars just now making their way off the end of pit road and out on to what they call the Monster Mile. It is a very challenging racetrack. They look to the flag stand and the green is in the air. We're underway. Hang on to it, hang on to it. Hang on to it, hang on to it. What do you do there? Just ran right into me. I got a drivetrain vibration. It ain't gonna make it all day. Do what you can with it, just keep it posted. Tires. 
that battle for the lead continues to rage on. Tries to get around you at the center of the corner. He can't yet. He's got to run. He's there. Clear, clear, clear. Get up there. Get up there. There you go. The right doing that too. Yeah, I'm on the rock. Ryan Newman, just ahead of the leaders, moves out of the way. They're about four off the floor. Run at bottom. I wish I could. Doesn't feel like you changed the damn thing. I want to reckon it four. Problem for Derek Coat. Yeah, he's really reckoning. Watch him coming back up the racetrack. Just watch him say hi, you solo. That guy doesn't even know how to freaking wreck. Hi, Reddy. So bad it just washed the shifter ball off the shifter. Got a problem. Got a problem. Stay up top on the wall here. Something's hurt on the 18. Be big to bring over and forward. Drive shaft out of it. I don't think they're going to throw it. There's freaking oil everywhere. About crashed twice. No caution. Keep racing. Oil everywhere. Oil everywhere. I don't know why. No caution. Keep coming. There's a piece of a drive shaft right on the racetrack. Oh, everywhere. Oh, oh. Four. Green, green, green. Come on, downstairs. This is stupid. Run it out. Yellow, yellow, yellow. Come on down. Down, 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 down. This car has been a piece of the entire weekend long. Same with the 31, so we just got to go to work. Four tires in fuel when it opens up. That's it. Actually, hang on a second. I'll tell you what we're going to do. Undo the toe change back to our baseline. And we're going to open the right front shot. Just out of curiosity, why you put the toe back if it felt like it was better? We know it was worse. It's been like that all the weekend. I just wanted to put it back at some point before the end of the race to reevaluate it to make sure. I, I evaluated it two, three times, maybe eight times this weekend. It sucked. Every part of it sucked. Battle for the lead off turn number two. Stenhouse goes way wide. Here comes Boyer to the bottom of the racetrack. We're going to pass the bottom now. He finally moved up. Man, I about had enough of this guy. I think two of us down here. <laughs> Boy, he's just shoving them down the front straight away. Still there. Still bumper. All clear. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go, man. Go get some right here. Amazing with a little clean arrow, do you? 75 laps left to go. Take a deep breath and get ready for the finish. Harvick is not letting Clint Boyer break away. There's no doubt in my mind Harvick's a little bit better Whoa, than he right is. right here, big run. Yeah, we saw the 14 actually get a little bit loose off of turn two that time. By one, by half, looking high. Quarterback outside. Outside, outside, you and him, man. Make it work for it. Kevin had to fall back in line. Well, that was very polite. Oh, we got him again, though, right here. Side by side, Harvick and Boyer for the lead in three. You and him, door, up rear, clear. Give the advantage to Kevin Harvick. Off turn four, he sees the checkered flag. That will do it. And for the 41st time in his career, Kevin Harvick is a winner. Good job, boys. Awesome weekend. All around. Great job. Thank you guys so much. Great job on payroll, guys. Really appreciate the effort. Everybody's getting better every week. The fastest car won here today. 10-4. Great job, everybody. <laughs> So many good things in oh. that scandal. I want to start yes. with the one thing that really stood out to me. When there was oil on the track and no caution, you heard veteran drivers sound yes. very nervous. Have you been in that position? How difficult a position is that to be in? Very, yeah, unfortunately, I've been in that position. And it's at a place like Dover where you're going so fast and you're looking for grip, you have very little grip anyway, and then you put all on that surface that doesn't have any grip, then you're out of control, ready to wreck at any point in time. And that's why the drivers were so upset. I mean, there were parts and pieces laying there. When a drive shaft comes out, there has to be uh, this grease from the transmission and rear end that goes somewhere, and that's on the track. I know you were paying extra close attention because your son Jason is Ryan Newman's spotter. <laughs> they ended up finishing in 33rd over the weekend. How's he doing? You check in on him after? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I usually check in to see exactly 
exactly how things went, and I can usually tell by his voice. Jason stays very calm most of the time, and so he, he probably relates more stuff to Luke Lambert, the crew chief, than he does in trying to keep Ryan. He doesn't get animated too much, but right there, he was not happy with his car this weekend. Also fun to listen in and hear what it must be like to pass a teammate oh. for a win. <laughs> There's nothing better. I mean, you know, there's a competition, and, and that competition goes within the team, too. You don't want to do anything crazy. Like we saw Elliot Sadler and Justin Allgaier race on Saturday, and then we saw Harvick and Boyer racing there. You, you don't want to mess up the whole deal, but it's very nice that you're the top car out of the organization. But I have to give credit. Sometimes you're funny when you don't really want to be, and that was Denny Hamlin <laughs> saying that they're allergic to stage yeah, points. That, that was, was really that clever. That was maybe the moment from Scandal. <laughs> um, while we're talking about Kevin Harvick, though, if we can, just talk a minute about what he's done so far this season. And based on his numbers at Kansas, I'm not sure it's slowing down anytime soon. I mean, you look at what he's done here since joining Stuart Haas. In the Kansas Spring Race, he's got finishes in second place three times. Third last year, he won a Kansas playoff race back in 2016. I always put him on my fantasy team. <laughs> I did it this past weekend, and I just feel like he's such a safe bet yeah. every single week at this point. I mean, you have to put he and Kyle Busch on there immediately, and, and Martin Truex is another that's really that's been really good at Kansas over the years. He had similar figures like that, although he was leading a lot of laps and not getting the finishes at Kansas for a number of years, but they've turned that around as, as he figured out how to get the victory lane. So Harvick is going to be the man to beat once again. He's going to, you know, how do you put, do you just put he and Kyle Busch winning stages and, and then decide who's going to win the race? I think that's Honestly, it. Honestly, my fantasy, I put Kyle Busch winning every single stage. <laughs> <laughs> I pick his manufacturer and I always have Kevin Harvick in there. Why I'm ranked 2,000 out of 4,000. Well, 4, I'm behind you, so I don't know. You yeah. are? All right, so we both need to talk about it in a commercial break. Uh, Matt Kenseth, you may have heard by yes. now, making his comeback uh, this weekend. Up next, he talks to us about his return. What's the preparation been like, and what are realistic expectations? Welcome back, everybody. Let's recap today's big news. Level one penalties in the Cup Series for the teams of Clint Boyer, Daniel Suarez, and Austin Dillon. Boyer and Suarez's teams both had rear window violations. They both received identical punishments. That is a loss of 20 points, a two-race suspension for their car chiefs, and a $50,000 fine for their crew chiefs. Dillon's team had a splitter violation. Their car chiefs suspended for one race, but they do not lose any points. In addition to those level one penalties in the Cup Series, Justin Algar's Xfinity Series win at Dover has been stripped of playoff eligibility. His car was found with a rear suspension violation. Allgaier 17 from Junior Motorsports lost 25 points in the standings. Their crew chief, Jason Burdett, has been suspended for two races. Saturday's race at Kansas marks the return of Matt Kenseth, who will start his limited schedule in a six-car for Roush Family Racing. Kenseth earned 24 of his 39 Cup Series wins with Roush Fenway, and his last win with the team was at Kansas in October of 2012. That day, Kenseth survived a race of heavy attrition on a newly repaved track and beat Martin Truex Jr. to the checkered flag by half a second. Roush Fenway Racing is yet to reveal Kenseth's complete schedule for 2018. According to our reporter, Nate Ryan, Kenseth will be in the car for the next five races, including the All-Star Race and the Coca-Cola 600, both at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And Kenseth spoke about his return to the track with our Dave Burns. 
And like any good parent, Matt shares a lot with his children, and apparently they've shared a cold with Matt. So as you listen to him today, know that he's ready for Kansas, but you're dealing with a little bit of that. Are you going to be okay? I think I'm going to survive, yeah. All right. He can still talk to his crew over the radio. That was a great start to interview, Dave. Good job. I, I love starting interviews, interesting, with, with you. Uh, and it's been a while, and so we're glad to have you back. What are your expectations this weekend going to Kansas Speedway? Uh, I don't really have any expectations going there, to be honest with you. I think until I, uh, I get in the car and get working with, with Matt and all the guys on the team and, and kind of see what the car feels like and, and do all that stuff, I don't, I don't really know what to expect. So I don't, I don't really have any expectations for this weekend. And my hope is that it goes smooth on Friday and uh, all this stuff kind of – kind of fits and you get comfortable fast and, and you get to work on a car and get it driving good so there's very little practice so I'm just hoping uh, I'm hoping Friday goes smooth and if that goes smooth then, then hopefully it'll be okay Saturday. What have the days involved since the announcement has there been a lot of uh, meeting a lot of data study time in the simulator what have you been doing? Uh, just watching TV and napping. <laughs> yeah I mean it's <laughs> hot prep work there. <laughs> yeah I mean just trying to get you know, at least a little bit familiar and caught up a little bit, just kind of, you know, reading notes, uh, spent some time with Ricky, spent a lot of time with Matt, uh, talked to Trevor some, just kind of just trying to get up to speed a little bit and, um, you know, try to be as prepared as I can, you know, for this weekend. But no time in the simulator. You don't have even a general idea of kind of how these cars will feel differently maybe than the last cars you drove? I mean, I have a general idea, but no, I haven't been in the, in the sim or, or, or anything or, or really been on a racetrack yet. So um, that'll happen on Friday. You mentioned Trevor, uh, probably been a little, we thought, maybe a little awkward since the announcement. Uh, have you spoken to him about that? Have you, have you met with him at all? Uh, we talked on the phone. You know, he lives in Knoxville, so I haven't seen him yet. I think I'm going to see him this morning, and, and I believe he's coming to Kansas as well. So I'm looking forward to working with him. Um, I know it's a little little different because we won't be in the car, obviously, at the, the same time, you know, so it'd be different than working with, with Ricky in a way. Uh, but I'm looking forward to working with uh, with both those guys. And um, like I said, hopefully I can hopefully I can help. Um, you know, certainly I feel like the organization is on the upswing right now. Uh, Ricky's shown a lot of speed this year, you know, uh, off and on. And you can see the potential is there. So, you know, hopefully I can, uh, hopefully I can help, and hopefully we can uh, you know, have some have some speed here in the next next few weeks and uh, get some decent results. We mentioned that expectations maybe not specific for Kansas. So is it more of a, a chance to be competitive and then give the feedback, or is engineering giving you like a whole list of things they want to hear from you? Um, you know, I think you just you just get started and see where you're at. It's really hard for me to 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 give you much until I get in a car and get started because I just don't know what to expect. I haven't been in one of these cars for. Uh, um, you know, I haven't been over at Rush Fender Racing for five years, and I haven't been in one of these cars since Homestead last year, and or one of these cars, which are going to be different at all. So, um, you know, really, it's just it's hard to really tell you much until I get in the car and uh, kind of see where we're at and go from there. Good news is, uh, I've been around the museum. They didn't take all of your stuff out of here, so you're still very welcome here. What's it been like getting back in the shop, seeing people again, a lot of old faces? It's probably changed a bit, too. Yeah, really, they just moved all these cars back in a couple weeks ago. Yeah. None of, they were all out in a barn out, out back um, under a cover. So, uh, yeah, it's neat to come back in the shop. Honestly, I can't believe how many people are still there that were there, um, not only you know when I left last time, but when I started, really. So there's a lot of the, lot of the same pay, uh, people there, a lot of familiar faces, some new people as well. But it's uh, it's been nice to come back and kind of walk around and get caught up with everybody. All right, Matt Kenseth back at Roush Fenway Racing, back in a Ford, and back at Kansas Speedway. We're looking for good things from Matt. 
Dave, thank you. And in case anybody was wondering whether Matt Kenseth is a different person in his brief time <laughs> away, I think we solidify the fact that he is still the same human being with the same dry sense of humor. And it's fun to have him back because he always yeah. brings something um, fun and to the table. And he is excited, I promise, well, regardless of that I interview. Say, <laughs> but, I mean, between you and I and everybody else that's watching, it seemed like he did just wake up from a nap a little bit. And yeah. no expectations for the weekend and not knowing much until Friday was the main takeaway of his time with Dave. Is that a good thing? Yes, and that's all he has to go off of right now. You know, he can look at him. I mean, he's watched the races, and he understands some of what they've been fighting uh, with these race cars, and, and he sees where they have run well, And but I think that he knows there's potential there. So that's the first thing that they have to figure out is where do we have to go? Is this something in our chassis? Uh, is it a combination of arrow and chassis that, that we have to do? And getting someone like Matt Kenseth, who is going to be able to help them get there quicker, uh, is very good. And I think that Trevor understands this too. You know, It's not like that Matt is coming in to take the ride over for the next five years or anything like that. So I think Trevor, after talking with Matt, probably views this as a better opportunity for him to be more successful uh, throughout the rest of this year. We did learn as well that the two had a conversation and are on good terms, which is really important and a classy move by a veteran to go ahead and have that conversation yeah. with Trevor. But when you're out of a car and then you get back in, certainly things are different. And like you said, the nuances of all of this and the feedback that he can provide. But as a race car driver, when you get back into that car for the first time in a while, what must that feel like for him on Friday or Saturday when it's really time to go? I mean, he may not have expectations for himself, but everyone else seems to. Yeah, everybody's going to have those, but but Matt's going to understand that it's best for him. The biggest thing that he's going to face is getting in the car and being comfortable. Who he's working with there, as far as the interior, this may sound crazy, maybe not because you already think drivers are a little strange anyway, but having this race car really fit you, it's kind of like getting a, a new suit that you want it to fit and you want it to feel good. And that's what this race car has to be for him to give the information back. If the seat's not put in or not fitting exactly right and the steering wheel's not in the right place, then you're not going to be able to give the feedback that you need. So Friday is an important day that they get through inspection and that they're allowed to be there on the racetrack as much as they possibly can to get all of this started for Matt in a good way. He's a veteran with so many Cup Series wins. If the suit isn't tailored perfectly, yes. how much of that do we actually see on the outside? Or is it just small things that we could potentially see over the weekend? You know, here's two things. We're, we're going to find out quickly exactly what they need to do. What can Matt Kenseth do with this race car? Because he's still very capable. I don't care that he's been out of the, the car for six months now. That's not going to be a factor after he gets a few laps. But Here's the thing. They haven't shown the speed to qualify up front that much. You put him in the middle of the pack, none of those cars drive good. We hear the drivers talk about Truex at, at Dover the other day had a fast race car but said it was miserable back in traffic. So that's where Matt is going to be. So we're going to have to see exactly how he's able to navigate that. Can they make changes in the race that's going to help him and give him the, be able to give the feedback to make those changes to the cars in the next four weeks after Kansas. You know, I was thinking about this. It's not that often that a 46-year-old veteran takes the place of somebody that's two decades younger in the yeah. workplace, but that is what we're seeing, and experience is such a huge part of it. For the most part, NASCAR has gotten much, much younger, and we've heard a lot about that. A lot of the preseason buzz focused on the sports, quote-unquote, youth movement, but with veterans dominating on the track and coming back to the track, where do the sports newer stars really stand? We'll answer that question when we come back. Everybody. They told me I was too old for Snapchat. That's fine. I can come see the confetti in Victor Lane. 
Old guys can still win. <laughs> I'm too old for Snapchat. How was Kevin Harvick too old for Snapchat? And this was Harvick in response to NASCARcasm on Twitter, which is a really funny and popular handle for those who follow the sport. The youth movement got headlines entering the season, but Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, other veterans have been way more familiar sights in victory lane. And then Kevin Harvick saying, old guys rule, which is something that he has said over and over again, kind of dispelling this notion between veterans and young yeah. drivers who are the next stars of the sport. And it kind of made us wonder, okay, should we take this a step further and kind of capitalize on this narrative or should NASCAR give it some consideration and maybe make the all-star race old guard versus young guns sort sure. of format? I mean, what do you think about that idea? I think it's a great idea. We, we've got enough of the guys that are over 30 and I know those guys that are just barely over 30 would probably be very offended. They're put in the group with with the old guys, if you will. But uh, all of them are very young. But take the 20-somethings versus those guys that are over 30. And, and let's have a little competition as to, you know, where they finish in the, the stages. Yeah, and, and make it something that, you know, the dollars go to the Speedway Children's Charity sure. or something like that. You know, just have a little bit of fun with this because the beginning of the year, it was – Everything was put on these young guys, and they're, they're tremendously talented. But these guys that we're calling old guys are, are basically in the prime of their careers and still ready to win. Well, it's an important distinction that you bring up because when you say old guys rule or old guys versus young guns, whatever it is, it's about experience. Like yes. you say, not so much age. You look at Kyle Busch, who's having a phenomenal season, and you certainly wouldn't consider him old. When you look back at your career – your first win in the Cup Series came in your fifth full-time season as a driver. So the experience factor, finding your footing behind the wheel, did we peg some of these young drivers too early? That, that's marketing uh, 101 at its very best. I think that, yeah, yeah we, we tend to want in the media when drivers start having some success, we want to make them the next stars. And, and that's great. But let's not forget about the guys that are there. They're actually the stars of this sport with Kyle Busch and, and Kevin Harvick and a number of others right now that have that experience. These drivers have a lot of racing and a lot of understanding about the cup cars, about the schedules that are so much larger, and the races are longer. So many more things happen. How many times have we seen these young guys be leading at the 300-mile mark or the 400-mile mark of a 500-mile race, but yet can't get it done there? So many things happen that you haven't experienced yet that you have to to do that with so I, the, the marketing idea was great other than the fact that we left out the experienced guys we could have really made this a battle of the two instead of saying that these young guys are ready to take over I'm sorry you have to understand and learn what it takes to win these races you know Ryan Blaney came along and won last year and we thought oh my gosh the floodgates are open he's gonna win half the next you know 20 races here Obviously, it hasn't happened. Chase Elliott, I thought for sure, was going to win way before now. Uh, that still hasn't happened. So experience is a lot when you talk about this. It's the same way when I came along. These guys laughed whenever they talked about Davey Allison and, and myself and, and Kyle Petty and many others that came along as, as young guys. Those guys weren't ready to give up the, the reign that they had on the sport quite yet. Well, you mentioned Blaney, and he didn't realize that Kevin Harvick's antenna was going to go up once again. <laughs> this is what he tweeted last night. This is just classic. Sitting here watching Jaws, wondering how mind-blowing, terrifying this movie was back in 75. And then Harvick says, easy on those back in 75 comments. You can't catch a break with Kevin Harvick. Once he's no. about the most competitive guy we know, once he decides, you know, that he's got a position on something. But you look at Blaney 
Sweeney specifically. He does have a Cup Series win. It came last year at Pocono. He does have six top tens this year, though that hasn't translated to being in victory lane. When you look at what he's done so far this year, should that be considered a successful season so far for someone who has had the experience that he's had in the Cup Series this year, those six top tens? I think he's performed really well at a high level, but I don't know that I can call it success yet. Uh, you know, I, I think that I expected him to be in the top five battling for wins a little bit more than what we've seen to this point. And maybe that's a little bit unfair considering where the Fords were last year and, and that they've come on. But, you know, I... I wouldn't call it a success, and I don't think Ryan Blaney. I think Ryan Blaney would tell you that this hasn't been a success to this point in eleven races. But how can you say that this is not successful so far when, at the same time, you're saying that experience counts? Well, I, I think that yes, but I think our expectations of Ryan Blaney, because he is one of those young drivers that has won and understands what it takes, because winning at Pocono takes a lot. That's a difficult racetrack. I think that, that we expected once he got to Penske and, and all the resources were there that he was going to win. But Logano has that win on a plate track for that organization right now. So they still have some work to do in the other areas. So I'll give him a pass to the point that I, I think that he has performed well, but I really did expect a little more and, and do. Listen, I think Ryan Blaney would probably agree with you. I don't mm -hmm. want to put words in his mouth, but I think he expects a lot from himself, just like a lot of these young drivers do. You keep telling me to put Chase Elliott in my fantasy team every single week. He has eight second-place finishes, which, oh, by the way, if you're into superstition or anything like that, it's the <laughs> same number that his dad had yep. right before his first cup win. Chase Elliott, you you seem to keep wanting to make the case for him, and yet he has not been able to get it done. Well, this you know, I, I think this year I'm going to give him a pass too on the the new Camaro that they just haven't figured this car out yet with the new rules, uh, with taking away more downforce, the change of the split, everything that's gone into this, they just have not figured this car out yet. And there's so many young drivers in the Chevrolet camp, I think that that's hindering all of them uh, at this point in time. Chase Elliott has probably been the most competitive uh, Chevrolet on a regular basis. I know Kyle Larson's won some polls and things, but but Chase has been right there towards the end of some races. So um, I, I keep thinking he's going to, but he's going to have to show me before he gets back on my fantasy team anymore. So I can tell you that much right now. And back to the 75 thing. The Kevin Harvick's mad because that's the year he was born. I was graduating high school at that time. You so I take a little offense to that, too. You don't participate in no, social I'm... media enough to have your <laughs> exactly. opinion heard in that space. I have to see space. everything right here. Yeah, yes. just get on Snapchat. Let us know how you feel about it. We know Chase Elliott won the Xfinity Series title back in 2014 before going to the Cup Series. He's in a different space today. But yesterday, a lot of the drivers that are looking to follow in Chase's footsteps made a stop in the city of brotherly love, burnouts, cheese steaks, trip to the Rocky statue. But why was Dana Hemrick so nervous? We'll tell you next. Welcome back, everybody. The 24th annual Kyle Petty Charity Ride got underway last Saturday. The seven-day journey ends this Friday in North Carolina at Victory Junction. The group is more than halfway through their trip and on its way to Virginia. So let's look at some of the adventures they had while making their way through Pennsylvania. So we just made it to Pocono Raceway. Uh, we're lining all the drivers up. We're going to get all the NASCAR drivers and everybody towards the front. And then we're going to make a lap here at the Tricky Triangle. like uh, uh, building the race cars, you know, you got your your, your, your chassis shop, your sub-assembly shop, your finish fab, your paint shop, so yeah, they're building uh, guitars just like we're building race cars. Mm -hmm. 
commend them, uh, you know, to the maximum, obviously, for what they're doing. And, uh, and so, um, you know, if I could participate in just one little bit, you know, just by having uh, these wonderful guests here, I mean, that uh, makes me feel, makes my day anyway. I know they're having so much fun for a good cause. You can keep up to date on all the excitement, by the way, by following at KP Charity Ride on Twitter. If you want to join the ride, if you want to make a donation of your own, I promise you it's for a great cause. You can go to KylePettyCharityRide.com for that. Meantime, a little further up the coast yesterday, the Xfinity Series traded tracks for city streets in their third annual Philadelphia takeover. A bunch of Xfinity drivers here, Comcast headquarters, downtown Philly, and uh, we're really just promoting the upcoming races at Pocono and Dover. We already have a great walk-up crowd. We are having an autograph session right now, so really cool to experience that. We've got people bringing die cast, wearing the racing gear. Some people travel five hours from New York just to get some tickets. Having a great time today. Yeah, so we came down here to, to downtown Philadelphia and uh, getting to try out all the cheesesteaks, what the city's known for. So getting the, the VIP tour over at Gino's. I just ate a cheesesteak. I don't know if I'm going to fit in my suit anymore, but uh, it was awesome. Gino was awesome. I got to go back, you know, behind the scenes, got to flip the meat for my, my own sandwich. I didn't make my own. My teammate Ross did. Uh, he showed me how to do it, how to hold the spatula. I was a little bit gun shy. I, I struggle to make hamburger helper myself. He's got his own ride, so I, I don't think he poisoned me. <laughs> so we're good there. Awesome hospitality, can't thank Gino enough. Um, then to come right across the street uh, to the king of uh, the, the Philly cheesesteaks and um, you know get to try that. Kind of a friendly rivalry, kind of like us on the track. They want people to know uh, that they're the best. They said the cheese that they get, the Wiz, their signature sandwich, they come in pallets cheese and I was like holy smoke I can't even like fathom that I ate mine uh, with onions and the cheese whiz I had cheese the cheese whiz I had onions I had the steak all put together I was definitely the best cheese steak I've ever had while we're here at the uh Philly Stadium for batting practice. As a Phillies fan, to come here and actually be standing on the field and, and see everything is really cool. It's nice to meet you guys. Yeah, thanks. Man. Thanks for having us out. Yeah, we're ready for the game. Yeah. We get a win. It is NASCAR night here at Citizens Bank Park. In fact, Daniel Hemprick uh, is part of the festivities here. Uh, I'm a little nervous. Uh, I didn't think I'd be as nervous as I am, uh, but just like anything else, when the time gets here, the nerves are picking up. Oh, God, this is what am I doing holding a baseball? Please welcome NASCAR Xfinity Series driver Daniel Hembrick. Definitely don't want to bounce it, right? I definitely don't want to throw the guy's head over the mascot's head. So my goal is for him to catch it and throw it where he can catch it. Anything inside of that will be good. You ready? You ready? Nice scoop by the Fanatic. I feel like I did all right. He, uh, I think I threw a knuckleball, so it changed direction on the last minute. He wasn't expecting it, so I got over the plate, and I'm good with it. Nothing makes the nerves feel quite like racing like that just did, so that's a good thing. It's been incredible. Truly, truly just an incredible experience with Xfinity and Comcast and all they do for our sport. So it's, uh, it's been an enjoyable experience to be part of everything they've had to do today. 
Daniel Hemrick had a lot of nerve tagging that as a knuckleball, uh. given 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 the fact that he could have given the fanatic a hug. He wasn't even on the mound. Is that where they normally get to stand? Uh, I did. I know what you're I did. a baseball uh, guy. Yeah, no, that's that's cheating, in, in my opinion. But he did a good job. Yeah, and it's a little intimidating to get out there. Oh too, no, I'm sure done. we've seen that go yeah. way way worse yes. than it did. I, I just love the Xfinity vibe, being in Philadelphia, eating cheesesteaks, having a good time. In Daniel Hemrick's case, I mean, he has a lot of work to do. Do you think he can yeah. make it to Miami? I think he can. You know, he was part of the championship four last year. It, this is a young driver that really understands what it's about. He gets the most out of his race car every single weekend. He's fast when he needs to be fast, and he doesn't tear up equipment. That's a good combination whenever you get into the playoffs. I really believe he can be part of that championship battle again. We've talked a lot about Christopher Bell, um, who has really been tagged as one of those young drivers yeah. that we talked about in the last segment who is on the fast track. Mm -hmm. Is that a fair assessment given what he's accomplished and where he's headed now? Yeah, there's no doubt that, that he's been tagged that by Toyota and by Joe Gibbs Racing uh, as, as he has this opportunity. Uh, a, a battler for the championship also, I believe. But I believe that he's probably going to be in the Xfinity Series for a year and, and then done. I, I really believe that he's probably going to be in that second car we saw at Furniture Row last year for Eric Jones, I believe that's going to become available again. And, uh, you know, Joe Gibbs and, and these teams like to get these young drivers into the cup cars as soon as they possibly can to get them that feeling, understanding what we were talking about just a few minutes ago is to how the racing is so much different. So I really believe that's in the very near future for Christopher Bale. He's that talented. Before we go to break, we do want to remind you that the playoff standings in Xfinity got shaken up just a little bit today with Justin Algar's penalty. His win last weekend at Dover not going to count towards the postseason part of NASCAR's level one penalty against his team for a rear suspension violation and there a look at the playoff standings as it has to be whittled down to four to get to Miami meantime coming up uh, more on those penalties that I mentioned and what it means for Daniel Suarez this weekend in Kansas and also in the playoffs NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection proven protection for 20,000 miles Coming up in just a few minutes, stay with us. It is KNN Pro Series West action from Tucson Speedway right here on NBCSN. DJ, you ready for this? Racing legend Herschel McGriff going to make history by becoming the oldest driver ever to compete in a NASCAR-sanctioned event at the age of 90. That makes Kevin Harvick seem fresh-faced. Oh, my gosh, Does yes. not? He's on the 2019 ballot for the NASCAR Hall of Fame. He's showing no signs of slowing down, and he shouldn't. I'm sure he remembers this day in NASCAR history back in 1970. Most fans of the sport do. The Rebel 400 at Darlington and Richard Petty sustaining one of the worst accidents of his career. Uh, unbelievable. I remember this, and, and just seeing his arms and part of his body hanging out of there, you just thought the very worst when you saw this. And, you know, none of the safety features that we have today with these cars, but just an incredible thing. Richard Petty was ready to go shortly after that. I was going to say, just suffered a dislocated shoulder. He missed the next five races. He returned at Michigan in early June. Flash forward, though, nearly 37 years to the day. Eric Almarola driving the Fame 43 for the King, involved in this terrifying crash at Kansas. Result, major back injury sustained in the wreck. He would miss the next seven points-paying races. And a year later, he returned to Kansas with Stuart Haas Racing. We're going to hear from him on tomorrow's NASCAR America at 6 Eastern. So make sure you're with us for that. 
let's take one last look at the big news of the day. The penalties that were handed out from NASCAR. The teams of Clint Boyer, Daniel Suarez, Austin Dillon, all penalized on the cup side. And you can read the fine print there to see specifically why. But in the Xfinity Series, Justin Algarve's win at Dover, stripped of playoff eligibility. His team also lost 25 points. They're going to miss their crew chief, Jason Burdett, for the next two races. Just something to consider when you think about the playoff standings and the news that came down today. Chase Elliott has had two of these level one penalties so far this season, and he has lost 45 combined points as a result of that. You think about drivers on the bubble, specifically Daniel Suarez, who this impacted the most. How disastrous can a penalty like this be for a team on the bubble looking to keep it all together and make something happen? You know, I'm sure this race team is probably saying, okay, we're still on a good roll, but if this is an area they've been finding their recent speed from, then that's a little concerning to them. But we talked Monday about what a great run Daniel Suarez and his team has been on. They'd got within seven points of that 16th spot, so they had everything going their way, going to a racetrack that Daniel Suarez uh, enjoys racing at at Kansas very fast so you would think that with the speed that they've shown this was going to be a great weekend but how deflating will this be to them in, in trying to to get that back he has plenty of time to earn those 20 points back but you can see uh, before the penalty he was only seven back of that so this is going to be a test for this young man right now to see how he rebounds from uh, such a penalty and because we haven't mentioned clint boyer and austin dillon and the penalties and severity of this it has everything to do with that playoff cut line yes. the playoff picture and the fact that they're not necessarily impacted in that sense no. but if you are another team and you see these penalties coming down quickly what is going through your mind uh, you know the, the biggest thing is that the, the drivers that have wins you know obviously they're willing to take and those teams are willing to take a little bit more chances but You've got to take these chances if you're going to put your driver in that position. So you still have to push the envelope a little bit more. And be very, very careful. And just hope that you're lucky along with that. Yeah. You know, that everything, all the tolerances get back to where it's going to pass inspection. All right. Thank you very much to DJ. All for today's show for now. You can always log on to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR, though. We're going to be back again tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern with more discussion. NASCAR KNN Pro Series Racing coming up right now. Stay with us. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, the Home Depot. How doers get more done.